and boom goes the dynamite. Cause I, I, I'm in the stars tonight. So watch me bring the fire, set the night light. Shoes on, get up in the morning, cup of milk, let's rock and roll. Kink out, kick the drum, rolling on like a rolling stone. Sing song when I'm walking home, jump up to the top of the brown. Ding dong, call me on my phone, nice tea, and I'll get my ping pong. And welcome to the Boom Goes the Dynamite second anniversary show here on the PWOM Podcast Network. I'm Jeffrey. With me tonight is Paul Sebastian and a special guest, the original Whoa. co-host of this show, Chris Damasano. Paul, Chris, how are you tonight? I'll let you go first, Chris. How are you? Well, I've been, it's been a challenging couple of weeks on the personal side of things, but it's nice to be back on a podcast of some kind. And here it's been a little while since doing all of that, and I figured the second anniversary of Dynamite was as good of a time and place as any to rejoin forces with Jeff and say hello to my cool step uncle. In the we process. are so, so happy to have you here. I know that I did. <laughs> so a uh, little behind the scenes for you and the listeners, Jeff did not tell me you were coming on the podcast tonight, so I was just as surprised as everybody else when I heard you were here. This rocks. Yeah, yeah. He was teasing the third person, but kept it close to the vest mainly because today was a day in which I had to go into the city to because uh, I work out of a company that's based out of the uh, lower downtown district over in Denver. So I actually had to go into the office today for with the rest of our team and do stuff there, and then came back just in time to catch pretty much uh, the majority of time. Podcast, so you know we love to build tension as to who could be the third man. That's right. And, uh, I'm, you know, just as big a shocker as was Hulk Hogan at Bash of the Beach '96. Chris coming back. My God. Well, plus just, I, everyone, is, everyone's throwing trash, but they're doing it because they love it. <laughs> plus, I, I've promised special guests before, and they haven't, <laughs> and it didn't happen. So you know, I, I yeah, just didn't want to. It was very much up in the air until, like, I let Jeff know, like, two hours as the show was starting that, yeah, we'll, we'll be good to go on that because I wanted this to make is sure the I the show. recap podcast, and all of our plans are also made instantly. It's all on brand. <laughs> yeah, we, Sounds we, about right. Yeah, we, we plan about as much as WWE does at this point, from, from what I hear. Yeah. <laughs> Reproduction is for the week. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, uh, two years ago around this time, it was actually October the 2nd of 2019, uh, Chris Damasano and I, who of course also hosts the Strong Style Story Podcast, um, on the fly basically decided, hey, maybe we should do like a recap of the opening episode of Dynamite. And I, uh, asked Kelly Nelson, the, the head, who, who is still the ostensible head of this here network, uh, despite all the changes and his uh, retirement from active podcasting, uh, whether or not anybody was planning to do an AEW show, and they said no, it's like okay, cool. Chris and I will 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 sort you out, and uh, yeah, here we are. Two also, years. Another, here we also are. another also another decision that was done within like day. 
I think this really was the only like sort of somewhat pre-planned thing that we had going into this entire show because everything else has been seat of the pants from our set of episodes and from what oh, you're telling that, me now, me, it's been pretty much the same changed since your departure. We still do it all the same way. Yeah. Like, like even even my little intro that has now been on every episode of of this show um, was just kind of an on the fly decision. I <laughs> just kind of like I had to say something to start. I just did that and it stuck. So consistency you, you is the on the fly decision to bring me on to uh to co-host this podcast which you know i'm sure you didn't think through a whole lot uh no there was not gonna... a whole lot of thought involved in that Paul. no i'm so. sure there wasn't <laughs> <laughs> but um boy things have have changed in the last two years i mean aew's changed obviously you know the the, the world's changed and all that, but uh somehow between the three of us, nine yeah, eleven was crazy. Remember when nine eleven happened? Yeah. Uh, that was nuts. Yeah, that, uh, that was yes. Benghazi was a whole. Uh, you know, <laughs> there was uh... <laughs> the shot heard around they, the world. My God, they put, I mean... they put a man on the moon. Did you believe it? <laughs> I mean, um, we got. I mean, we got a lot of things happening. You know, a new wrestling company back on TNT for the first time in God knows how many years since TNT has had a wrestling show. Uh, you know, two EVPs of the company being petty enough that they weren't on Total Divas Tour. They now have a reality show that just started last week. And <laughs> really the less said about that, the better, personally, but that's well, just I mean, me. If, so if you want to hear more talk about that, definitely tune in to Wrestling Brain on Twitch. I there you go. Twitch.tv slash Wrestling Brain. You'll hear me and Nick East definitely talk about Roads to the Top during our Rampage show because we are both watching. But I mean, also the, the, the focus of the show changed because, I mean, let's face it, when, when it was just Chris and I, since the, we were kind of, and, and when Lawrence O'Brien was was part of this too, um, you know, we we were basically because we were the strong style story crew. We were basically treating AEW as like the bastard stepchild of New Japan Pro Wrestling. So you know, obviously, Paul, when you came in, there was a dynamic shift, and you know, I I, I think I know that the moment that I knew that I made the right decision was when we did the Joe Exotic bit. <laughs> Which Vince is, Exotic will live forever on this podcast. That was uh, probably still the all-time greatest bit we ever did. <laughs> it's it was pretty good. I still think there's yeah. there's more in the tank there. And I, and again, you know, you know, you got you got to take those stars off TV for a little while. And I'm sure that uh, the Joe Exotic wrestling bit. Well, I mean, Tiger King season two is going to happen pretty soon. So you know, I, I, I will not be watching. That. I will not be watching that. I, I'm, I'm still. Real, I did that whole bit. I've never seen Tiger King. I didn't see the first season either. <laughs> you, you did pretty well for not having watched that. In that, you know, movie. it's pop culture. You get the gist of it. You see enough tweets. You're like, oh, okay, I, I kind of see what's. And then I didn't know the Joe Exotic story like prior to Tiger King because just like I like weird, crazy shit that happens and I read about it online. So right, but that's so, I only for some years yeah. prior to that marriage. But um, you know, th- there's going to be some further changes to this show because, of course, uh, we we played the, uh, the 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 BTS theme, and uh, I, I I regret to inform everybody. I- I'm sorry to the to the entire army, but uh, as is tradition for this show now, it is we are into our third year, so we are retiring the BTS theme as of tonight. So we oh. need... it's going out on top. It's it's an all time banger, so it's going to be on the Mount Rushmore of. Boom goes the dynamite themes as the years keep chugging along, and we it's, somehow we're gonna put keep... up, we're gonna hang a jersey on the rafter with all of those cute boys' faces. That's right. Yeah. Listen, we, 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 we... listen, this is how we get traction for this show. Like we have to think of the audience that we need to grow. And quite frankly, 
K-pop stands do have their uses. Oh yeah, no, we've this, already said this is a very pro army podcast, Chris. Like we uh, we will absolutely just show oh, yeah, all no. respect uh, to the army. Uh, we'll never listen, I have. Okay. I've honestly have listened to BTS since some of their earlier albums and stuff, and I really like them. So that that's me on the army camp. There. Yeah, this, and, yeah, uh, this is a pretty not, beat. Not, not not necessarily related to anything, but I did just watch Squid Game. Oh, neat. I've heard good things about it. I, I haven't watched it yet, but I I, I watched. Uh, I did watch Battle Royale, so you know, I, I'm pretty familiar with the concept. But I, I was going to say this is a pretty pro BTS household that I live in as well. So yeah. So there but, we go. But so, anyway, yes. I mean, so yes, BTS now joins the hallowed rank, the hallowed ranks of uh, AC of uh, TNT by ACDC. We are retiring. Yes. We are retiring, retiring that theme. And of course, we have you know the cast of, of one-off, uh, uh, you know, intro musics for some of our specials and you know some of our little things we decided to have some fun with. Those are like our nice little also rans, sixth men, if you will. They may not get their jerseys mm-hmm. retired, but we remember their time fondly. Uh, you know, like I feel like the dance with the devil one that that we did for uh, uh, fight for the fallen is like the John Barry just like came in off the bench and just shot some heat <laughs> for a couple of weeks, right? I just rained like a bunch of threes and then just went out. I'm still kind of miffed yeah. that nobody actually picked up on the uh, the one I did for the uh, the all out show. All out was which one again? Refresh me, Chris. Did you recognize that theme? I don't think so. So yes, I, I would appreciate the refresher as okay, well. Okay, that was the theme to the 2001 cinematic classic Godzilla, Mothra, King Ghidorah, all out, giant monster, all out attack. Oh, ah, that's a deep cut. Okay, Jeff. that's, that's a, a deep, deep cut. cut, but I like it. Mm-hmm. Jeff does it for the real heads out there. Like you know, I'm a rube. Like I'm a pretty dumb guy. I think a lot of listeners like know that. Like all my. My not like I know a little bit about a bunch of different stuff. I have that very Joe Rogan like like I'm just not very smart. But here the difference is I know I'm dumb and Joe thinks he's smart. Uh, <laughs> so I try to like you know uh, balance th- those things out. But like you know Joe Jeff's here for the deep cuts. Jeff's the brains of this operation. Well that yeah yeah I, I, of course I'm the whole reason why Alan Moore keeps becoming a recurring bit on this show for some reason, which I never <laughs> expected in a million years. But but it's happened, so this is fine. And yeah, shout out friends of the podcast, of... Alan Moore and Gary Newman, who have become friends. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> perfect. Uh, did you know? Did you know that that Gary Newman show? I, I can't remember. Did I? If I mentioned that last episode, that Gary Newman show got rescheduled. I think you did mention that. So no, you didn't mention it. And then I, we, you texted me about it later, and I was like, "Damn it, we could have mentioned Gary Newman on the podcast again." Well, hey, guess what? We've mentioned Gary Newman. Gary Newman on the podcast again. Yeah. So that Gary Newman. Before we go, go ahead. Yeah. So sorry. Just before we go into this second year anniversary show, because there was a lot of things that did happen with it. I just have three quick notes. First one, obviously, it's very good to be back. Second one. Never saw Tiger King for a while there. I actually thought that was it. just specifically the move named Demaru Fuji came up for his crazy, like, double wrist lock into, like, a giant <laughs> fuck you need a skull. Well, and third... Wrestling show before, so... And, yes, and, thir- and third, I did eventually find out find out about those in the whole Carol Baskin meme thing, and, yeah, it was wonderful for the times that were had for that, so... Shout out Anyways. to not only retired theme songs, but retired memes, too. Uh, we've had a lot of memes come and go, a lot of AEW memes kind of come and go uh, for the time. We should have done an in-memoriam for the memes. Just have Arms <laughs> of the Angel playing back, and it's just me describing memes. <laughs> just like us, like, like, 
There's an overhead camera panning down at Sting. He is knocked out. You have captioned it when she when you nut and she keeps sucking. (laughs) Rest in peace. This is this is why I hired Paul (laughs) to to take over. (laughs) It works. It works indeed. Okay, we have. I love. I love how Jeff's like in the lab, like shit. We need. A, I need to like figure out a new host of the wrestling podcast. What do we already have? Wrestling. What don't we have? Tom jokes. All right, I got. This. <laughs> I know a guy. And with that, we go live to the Leah Chorus Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on the campus of Temple University for the second anniversary episode of AEW Dynamite. Your hosts, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and Excalibur. And they start off hot with an eight-man tag team extravaganza, the super elite Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Adam Cole, baby, versus Brian Danielson, Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, and Luchasaurus. Um, One of the things we can say about AEW is that they have made the first match of the evening about as important as the main event on their shows, true or false. 100%. Yeah. It's more surprising that they do it on dynamite than rampage. I understand the strategy on the Friday night show, right? Like make that, you know, it's 10 o'clock already make the people tuning in buying in right off the rip. Right. Uh, So I've got that. Now they seem to be following students seems to be kind of be, um, like in response to or because of the success they've had doing this on Rampage because they've really ramped this up on Dynamite over the last couple of months, right? Yeah, they, yeah, actually, that that is true. Uh, I think maybe it started maybe with the Nagata-Moxley match, but maybe, no, it, was, it had to have been before then. They've, they yeah, have they, had bits and pieces beforehand on that where they've always tried to at least make the first match on the show feel super important but i think in terms of amping up the kind of combining all the aspects of like giving you a sort of main event-esque match to kick things off in the gear it's been something that they've been doing consistently over the last couple of months on that and kind of nailing the formula on top of it as well and i do think that having rampage as sort of a testing ground for that has helped them a little bit more with uh what to look for in these circumstances i just have to think to myself that Tony Khan is going to get a very angry voicemail from Super Dragon sometime this evening saying, God damn it, I wanted to book that first. (laughs) They've been been out booking PWG at a whole bunch of turns here. Like the last three weeks, I think. Yeah, I think the last three weeks we specifically brought up PWG um, as, you know, booking parallels to what AEW has been doing. And I think that's a good time to bring up like this match. It didn't feel like a main event to me. It felt like a PWG match or like a house show match. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like what, what you'd put together if you want to like do like a big house show and like really get a crowd going. And I thought that was fun. Cause like, you know, AW doesn't have like the house shows yet until it kind of do that, like kind of mix those elements. And it kind of had me thinking, what kind of show is this episode going to be? Like, is this going to be like the sort of give the people what they want, make it more self-contained uh, kind of an episode uh, or will they kind of break out from that so that it kind of had me in that mindset for, uh, you know to set the tone for me for the show um yeah i mean it, it, one thing i noticed just from this match is just the the amount of minutes he put in in this match there has to be 
a major Jungle Boy push coming soon. Yeah, he did a lot of the heavy lifting in this one, but I, you know, um, by design, I think it was kind of meant to keep everybody besides, you know, Brian and Kenny out until the end, right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah, he did a like, lot Luchasaurus in this match. So much, and, and Luchasaurus can only put in so much work, like physically, and the time that he did put in in this match, whoo, big Luchasaurus night. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He 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 pulled off some some maneuvers there. Um, I I thought overall the match was great up till uh that power bomb attempt. <laughs> yeah, you know stuff goes wrong sometimes. Here's the thing, Jeff and and Chris. Chris, uh, how familiar are you with like paleontology? Uh, uh, do you do you got a lot of a lot of, a lot of knowledge as as it regards to like you know the dinosaurs, the Cretaceous period, things of that nature? I believe it would not be my area of expertise by okay. any way, shape, or form, unfortunately, so please proceed. So I just want to, you know, this isn't a podcast of scientists or anything. We're not, the, you know, the most qualified, but I think there is something that I do know, and I feel pretty confident saying in this podcast, dinosaurs are heavy. Hey, Paul, remember how you mentioned, uh, hey, Paul, remember how you mentioned that uh, we're, we were burying some memes tonight, too? We were retiring some memes. <laughs> Which one are we retiring please, now? Please join us on the WrestleJoy Network coming soon. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Oh, Jeff, no. No, 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 hey. no, 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 no. This is one bridge too many that you have crossed, sir. Hey, look, you know what? Paul can't be the only one trying to set the world on fire on every episode, so. Do you want to, do you want to get buried? This is how you get buried. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> It's not a Steve Cash burial, at least. Say, like, but WrestleJoy still being around and like still like being on the pressers and stuff really does make me want to become the real Joker, not the AEW Joker, <laughs> like, like the actual not, like, not... Joaquin. What about Joker like, El Cerro Miedo? I want to go on a late night talk show if you know what I'm saying. Makes <laughs> want to get on a train. Uh, the ending comes with a uh, four-way BTE trigger on Jungle Boy. Adam Cole gets the pin. The heels win. There was fuckery. It's you know it was a TV house show type match as yeah yeah we know no, it. I, I, it was really um well paced and they did a really good job kind of like ramping up the action throughout the match, kind of building that and then really getting it to its crescendo. It was really well timed. So. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun to start the show, right? I mean, it's the two-year anniversary. We got to start strong. You knew it was going to, like, you know, be... Uh, yeah, to what you guys said, like, it was going to be, like, a big match. But a uh, uh, cool first one. Chris, what did you think? Thought it was fun. Again, the pro wrestling guerrilla style has been proven at this point that it works on the major networks, and people go to it. And I do think AW has found somewhat of a balance on how... To use it, uh, either in situations like that where you need the hot opener to get the crowd really fired up and ready to go, or as your show closer type of thing where you just need to go balls to the wall. And yeah, I thought it was exciting for what they did with it. They pushed a couple of threads and still kept the uh, Adam Cole Jungle Boy thing kind of going. I do feel that, that these two are going to come to another uh, head to head at some point or another with Jungle Boy probably getting the win back at some point just to have that scale a little bit more balanced uh, luchasaurus had some good moments for himself christian cage still looks as good as ever in the ring like i don't think he has missed a beat from these last 
seven years or so he had ultra melter driver out onto the apron and it was rough looking man he did a great mm-hmm. job selling that oof that i will say and it always concerns me whenever these promotions like use a prior like career threatening injury as storyline like i i mean obviously it's it's a real easy way to like get people concerned and invested but it always makes me a little uneasy well, that, that, mm-hmm. that's not the only cringe angle we're, we're going to discuss tonight, but... Uh, I, don't, I don't even necessarily call it cringe. It just makes me mildly unsettled. Last question before we move on. Uh, do you guys think JR will ever win his battle to get people to start calling Jungle Boy Jack? No. No. It's <laughs> going to be a bit until he retires, sadly. And Kid Rock's like sucks. fucking seven. And they still call him kids, so... <laughs> With that, uh, we come back from commercial. John Moxley cuts a promo uh, not only about the casino ladder match that's happening at the end of the show tonight, but also his insane three-month-old. Renee's going to kick his ass, isn't isn't Fatherhood, the toughest match of all. You want to talk about a real hardcore death match? It's uh, John Moxley versus Poopy Dipey. You know what? I fought that death match before. (laughs) Several times. No holds are barred. No holds will be barred. We then get uh, Charles Montgomery Punk, as uh, friends of the show, uh, Days of Thunder, like to say. Uh, <laughs> coming out, being the most self-aware wrestler uh, on earth by saying... This one, it's, uh, it's a cheesesteak uh, uh, man. Punk. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, that was funny, too. But I, mean, I, I had to point out his, self, his level of self-awareness where he goes, Y'all tired of this yet? <laughs> Well, this is not the first time you said that, so I think this is turning into like a little bit of a catchphrase and a little bit of a through line for CM Punk, which I think is interesting. Yeah, so he has done this Are You Tired Yet? And I think he's going to keep running this Are You Tired Yet? until they do get tired of it. And I think it's kind of fun that he's, uh, you know, just not overthinking, you know, what his character is going to be. It's just me. It's Phil Brooks. It's CM Punk. But I'm going to turn it up to 11. And uh, I'm just going to give you guys what you were looking for. You know, the guy who walked away and it came back and is happy now and is is using this for every moment that it's worth. But I think his relationships to the fans is what's going to determine, you know, where his character kind of ebbs and flows. And he's letting that happen. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Charles Montgomery, uh, punk pro wrestling enthusiast, has been a pretty solid character so far. So, yeah. Take it as far as you can go before anything too radical or different ends up happening. And for a guy like Punk, he'll figure it out sooner or later uh, and tap into whatever he needs to to make things work. He's always been that kind I of I think he kind of already has. I think this so, yeah. is the tapping in, right? Like, this is mm-hmm. this is where we're at. Like, he's kind of already figured it out. Like, what do people want? They just want me. They want me, the, the guy that they knew. You know, I'm away from WWE. They don't want any part of that they want my unfiltered kind of thoughts they want who they heard on c on colt cabana's podcast but the wrestler yeah right i think that's kind of what and it's kind of what he's tapped into is i'm just i'm this guy who's had these experiences i've been through a lot and it's all coming together and it kind of it's really relatable for like the average person right because he's not treating himself as larger than life uh which is what you expect from your average wrestling character Mm mm-hmm I, I do like the fact that he 
messed up. He he couldn't remember if it was cheese steaks or cheesecake in Philadelphia. So that one that one kind of well, got me a little bit. It, it was, I mean, yeah, it was a little bit of a slip up, but he covered for it pretty well. And I mean, it turned into a nice little bit there. And of course, my favorite part of this to it again, just consistency in pro wrestling is just so good that um, I want to see it continue to see it in this case on a more consistent basis. And it happened when Charles Montgomery Punk looked at himself, looked at the crowd and went, hey, Daniel Garcia, I remember the shit you pulled on me before I fought Darby. So uh, how about Friday night? You and me kind of, you know, go on one on one and just tangle this out accordingly. Well, how's... It's be wonderful because you're also going get, to get to see uh, Daniel Garcia's proud parents in 2.0 as well being there. Which be. Well, AEW so. Wrestling, a program about fathers and sons. Well, I, I just yep. need I just need to know how Daniel Garcia is going to be it, on Rampage and in West Coast Pro on uh, in, in San Francisco on Friday night to wrestle Minoru Suzuki all in the same night. Tony, to, Tony Khan is a private jet. Don't worry about it. Very it better be the Concord. Yes. <laughs> wow, Jeff is making references that so much of our audience is just gonna—it's gonna fly over their heads, much like the supersonic Concord itself. And also, and then also get drunk and never fly again because it was too expensive and unsustainable. You know, I always wanted to fly on the Concord. I never could. That, that, My uh, grandfather flew on the Concord and told me it was cool. It always seemed like it was pretty cool. Uh, and then CM Punk gives away his fucking shoes to to an yeah. Orange Cassidy cosplayer in the front row. Yeah, and that's like a fun plan kind of thing. Like he he mentioned the Jordan specifically and like brought him up in the promo just so he could kind of do that after. Very much Brett giving the sunglasses moment. Really liked it. Wow. It was nice. And it also props to the uh, the Orange Cassidy cosplay kid for not overselling that moment and committing to the bit. That's right. Yeah, that that that, that, was, that was true too. And then we get uh, Arn Anderson uh, lighting shit on fire in Cody Rhodes' backyard. <laughs> Arn comes to dude. If Arn Anderson came to my house and just started lighting my suits on fire, I would also do the same thing. I would do nothing. Yeah, I, I think I think Cody was right to do nothing. <laughs> Just, just let you know, it happen. And you know what? People be like, "Cody, you're a pussy for like not doing." No, no, it's Arn Anderson. You know, you know, you already know he's strapped. We already talked about this. He's got the tool. Uh, uh, Arn's got the heater. What are you gonna do? You're gonna sit there and you're let him burn. <laughs> Arn and Arn Anderson reminding everybody once again that every week is shoot week. <laughs> oh, Literally, with him in this case. No, this was uh, this was kind of interesting. I thought that this was a way to separate those two for a while, but it was not. Uh, and whether that was, we're just not ready for that. We're not really sure where we're going next. They're kind of treading water with it. I don't know, but this worked. And, and Arn's emotion and Arn's dedication is what is really making this work for me. Also, Cody's aloofness and Cody's kind of uh, slight disinterest in the whole thing makes him just a, even a little bit more like, well, you know, maybe Cody, you should be listening. Maybe you should be appreciating this. Cause like, Aaron's right. And I think what's going on with Cody, this is obviously a very, very slow burn uh, uh, kind of angle we have unfolding here. I think it's working, and I think we're laying a lot of groundwork for the heel turn that everybody wants. We then get a, we come back from commercial, we get a segment with uh, Bobby Fish from late of Major League Wrestling and uh, QAnon uh, conspiracy forums. Uh, Well, 
Where else can you get to 8chan besides through the forbidden door? (laughs) (laughs) This does lead us into our second match of the evening. Uh, Sammy Guevara defending his newly anointed TNT championship against uh, said Mr. Uh, Robert uh, Fish. Uh, First of all, holy shit, they played the old Ring of Honor theme for Bobby Fish. That's his, uh, is he using that in MLW? Does anyone know? Does anyone care about MLW? I have not watched MLW in three <laughs> yeah, years. Yeah. I'm not 100% <laughs> sure, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure Dan Valentine's will appreciate the extra money in their pocket from Tony Khan for this one. You know, so, I, you know all I'm going to say is yeah, Cubs fan had a great comment about MLW, and I'm, I'm going to quote him with this. He says, MLW is pretty cheesy, and it's not a flavor of cheese I like. Oh, well. You know, not, not all cheeses are for everybody. It's true. It's true. true. I, I, I myself the, cannot deal with brie or or feta. So let me because this is the two year anniversary of this podcast. I want to make sure it stays on brand, and I want to make sure I do what I do best, and that's derail this podcast. So let me ask you guys real quick: <laughs> cheese. Say again. Cheese. What you about favorite it? cheese? Favorite, favorite cheese? cheese. Ooh. I mean, you can't go wrong with uh, a good cheddar or mozzarella or provolone. I mean, you can't. That's such a good Western answer when you said cheddar first. I love that. Yeah, I mean, you can't really go wrong there. I'm not really, yeah, a, more, I'm not really a uh, cheese guy, so you know. I'll get I'll. I mean, I'll give it my top three rankings in this case. I'll go. Uh, it's provolone, mozzarella, and Swiss for me. Very nice. Swiss very is nice. very good. Really Swiss is definitely top five. Yeah. What's the top? And, uh, Pepper Jack is an honorable men- Pepper Jack is an honorable mention for any time that I need sort of an extra kick with like a sandwich or something like that. I so think. we'll give it Pepper Jack. It's not as well. Okay, so yeah, that's fair. I think I, I'd say like a fresh mozzarella is like probably like my number oh, yeah. one. You have to take like a top, top, top. But I'm also like really, really partial to like a, a nice goat cheese, like a nice sweet goat cheese. Big on that. Fair enough. Fair. I, I, I'm going to sort of further derail while while bringing it back on the rails. Uh, can we talk Sammy's gear tonight? The the lavender, um, the, the 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 lavender. I've, I've been delivered dessert. <laughs> I thought it looked awesome, and I, it was like, and it went in, in the theme with his new belt, which we're going to have to talk about. The uh, so yeah. TNT champions seem to get their own sort of flavor of belt. Uh, last week, uh, you had mentioned that it was just the regular black belt that you saw him in a photo with, and it was in the promo photos, but that was just because they hadn't brought him out with his version of the belt yet. We saw it tonight. It's that black belt, but it's real sparkly. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that, that lavender leopard print. And that's a shiny boy too. Sammy Guevara was just a very shiny boy in this, uh, on this episode of Dynamite. Uh, further derailment on this, uh, I did not realize until Excalibur said something that it was New York Comic Con this weekend. <laughs> oh yeah, I've known right. that, I've known about it for a little while at this point because I know the guys at Tiger Driver Nine, uh, Tiger Driver are doing a panel there over uh, this oh, weekend. So I've got oh, nice. come up on the yeah, speed I, over I, last. I, I, I am still not. Them. I'm happy. For yeah, them. I'm still not ready to cross the Comic Con threshold yet. I, I'm still debating if I'm going go oh, yeah, to go no, to C2E2. It's going to be. Yeah, it's going to be another like year for me at minimum with that, just in general, to kind of get used to being around that many people yeah. again on it at this point. Like, it's, I mean, for the people who are going, you know, just stay safe, do what you got to do, uh, stay safe again. Uh, but 
for me personally, I'm probably giving it another year before any sort of like convention, big event, something like that. Okay, that's fair. I'm actually recording this podcast right now from uh, an incredibly crowded internet cafe. Uh, There, uh, I am flanked by two teenagers uh, playing Fortnite and StarCraft, respectively. Uh, they're not wearing masks, and they're drinking a lot of Mountain Dew. What, why are you in an internet cafe? Um, because this is where you get the best dial-up. I don't know. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm also. Uh, I was trying to make this podcast good. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm also going to do my last derailment of, of this segment by I'm going to consume my dessert right now. It was. It, it's a. Ooh, what's home, for dessert? It's a homemade. It, it's a homemade witch hat, which is. A chocolate covered strawberry on top of an Oreo. Whoa! Hey, ho! ho that is advanced. That is pretty bad. It is. I'm, I'm pretty I'm, bad. I'm gonna bite into it right now. So hold, hold on. I yeah. had a. Uh, Here, I had one of those. Here's what I'll say, Paul. One, one question before. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I was talking about desserts. Best, sorry. No, yeah, desserts are good. I just had one question before we derail this any further, Paul. Given that you are at an internet land cafe right now. Do we need to like wrap this up real quick? Do you have a Diablo 2 tournament that you've got to be at there within the next 30 minutes or something? No, actually, um, I'm going to play Command and Conquer uh, uh, with Ooh. a few of my buttons. All right. Uh, yeah, we're going to play Command and Conquer, and then we're going to play uh, Warcraft Orcs and Humans on MS-DOS. I, 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 I mean, fair. I, I guess you, you don't want the Koreans beating the shit out of you at stuff, so I completely get the no, game no, choices no. there. No, I'm just going to be getting owned in StarCraft by like a Korean teenager. Like, no, 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 please. Don't get... Yes, good game. Oh. Don't don't get don't get yep. pwned, Paul. <laughs> Whatever you do, you don't get how, pwned. Like, people, like, like, there's like the stories in the war of like people like the only words that they know in those languages and just like yelling them at the other at the other side, like uh, uh, being like America, Babe Ruth, uh, uh, Yankee Stadium. Whatever it is you do, Paul, do not. If they try to get you into League of Legends, run. Oh, just run. Listen, I worked at Best Buy like ten years ago, and they tried. Then, like the Best Buy employees tried to get me into League of Legends, and I knew better even back then. Oh yeah, <laughs> I knew better back then. I know better now. Apparently, this is a re- apparently this is a retro gaming podcast, which I think Dave Ryan is going to get irritated that we're stealing. Uh, say, wait, Link to the cast. I feel like that might be gimmick infringement. Listen, Dave can invite us into Link of the Cast, and we'll talk uh, all about it then. But anyway, well, he already did with you, you son I mean, of a bitch. Hey, we're talking through. <laughs> you both think you get into so, yeah. right? So uh, yes. we have gimmick infringed on Days of Thunder before. Uh, so since since we've infringed on Dave Ryan once, we've already been the uh, so okay. So since Jeff and I have already been the uh, the fake Razor and and fake Diesel to Days of Thunder. Uh, Chris, you're the fake sting that has just come in. So wait, he's Jeff Farmer. Yeah, yeah, you're Jeff. Yeah, Farmer. You're, you're, you're Super J. I guess, I guess I'm in W.O. Sting. You're cool. Jeff Farmer, and Jeff is Glenn Jacobs, and uh, I'm the guy that was Razor Ramon, who I think was a doink as well, right? No, that was uh, Richard. Oh, I know who that was. That was Richard Bognar. Richard Bognar. Big Titan also nah. also was part of N.W.O. Japan. He wasn't a doink, right? Was he a doink? I don't know. I, that I don't know. Was he a doink? If if Razor Ramon, if Fake Razor was a doink, uh, please tweet us at BGTD Podcast <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, was he a doink? <laughs> Use the hashtag, was he a doink? Was this a good match? Yes, it was. It was a decent match. Yeah. The, the wrestling that actually happened on this show was fine. There just wasn't a whole lot of it. <laughs> 
Yeah. Compared to past episodes, yes, definitely. That much is true. Uh, after after uh, Sammy gets his victory, we the ring gets surrounded by the American top team, and he gets the shit kicked out of him by American top team to get rescued by Fuego del Sol and, more importantly, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Okay, there was one top team member I didn't recognize right away. Gray Shorts guy. Does anyone know who that was? Uh, no, because no, my, my, my MMA reference is from like 1998, so no. Well, I mean, Junior Dos Santos was in there, so. Yeah, true. Pretty close. I Pretty mean, close. It, look, man, uh, it, look, man, no Gilbert Ivel, no care, okay? That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Yeah, they. it was, uh, I mean, I thought this was a good segment. Dan Lambert continues to just be an absolute fucking heat-seeking peruse missile. Uh, he had this Philly crowd the loudest that they were on this entire show. That was it. That was the biggest reaction of the night, was booing Dan Lambert. You might be right, yeah. You might be right on that. But a part of me at this point, and here's what I'll bring to the table as serious actual, like, Show discussion without trying to derail everything all together. Given these reactions from Dan Lambert over the course of the past few weeks, does it feel to you more as okay, it's a heel doing their respective jobs and building up anticipation for a match, or is it just okay, we don't like you, we don't want anything to do with you or the rest of your stupid team? Go the fuck away. Doesn't matter. Doesn't for, for the, the the thing is one, I think the first thing is true. Two, it wouldn't matter either way because they are getting these reactions. The only time go-away heat is a problem is if they're quiet. That's the only time it matters. If they're loud about it, who gives a shit? Fair enough. It's a yeah. it's a fine line, I think. But yeah, right it now, is, but, right now it's wor- when it, you're on the right side of it, it's like one of the best places you can possibly be. Oh, as no, no, I agree. But again, because it is such a fine line, you could really easily tiptoe over that line, you know. And that's why being a top heel is really, really hard. It's something that's top is anything. Not is and, why, and, and top anything, but top babyface is not as difficult, period. It's oh, never I, oh, I dispute that. Uh, I dispute I, just, that. I, I don't think being a top babyface is anywhere near as difficult, especially if you're talking about like top of the promotion heel, like what Britt Baker's doing, which incredibly high degree of difficulty. But yeah, if you're doing it like where Dan Lambert is, a guy who came from outside of wrestling who is not very experienced and who is eliciting these type of crowd responses and emotions. Uh, yeah. You're striking gold right now, like actual wrestling gold. Could that all end real quickly? Yeah. Look what he's got a lot of work to do to rebuild himself and he's still doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're in a really great spot right now. Uh, his work is resonating with the crowd and that's what matters. If they legitimately hate him fucking good. We need to hate more bad guys on TV. We need to stop liking heels. There's too many likable heels. There's too many guys that want to be cool. And I'll, I'll even like circle all the way back to the beginning of this match. I don't even like, like one of the things that Adam Cole has negatively impacted the elite for is that he's getting big cheers out of a, for, for a group that was exclusively getting just nothing but like negativity and heat for months before he got there. And no, it's that, sort that, of that is true. Is that good or bad? Yeah. I don't really necessarily know because I think the most important thing is emotion, right? The most important thing is that they're getting the reactions. So whether it's a biggest cheer or as big a boo, I don't really think it's a big deal, but it will affect the dynamic a little bit in how you tell stories. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say, though, because they did make the announcement at this point with uh, 
Wednesday Night Dynamite moving to Saturday Night Dynamite at a certain point in October in well, the Miami the next, show. For the, for the next two weeks. Yeah. Uh, but yes, the one specific show that's going happening in Miami, which two? The the sixteenth is what it was. The 16th and the 23rd, which that's gonna play hell for, because I'm I'm watching Suzuki versus Nick Gage. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, yeah, not sorry. Very understandable. That is correct. For the next two but, Wednesdays there are no dynamite. So which means, hey, programming note, there will not be a boom goes a dynamite until Sunday no. for the next two weeks. Tune in to our wrestling brain. Check out Zoobs and Josh in the meantime. Watch double dudes. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say, though, because they did make the announcement where, you know, the challenge, if you will, of, you know, men of the year uh, and uh, Junior Dos Santos, which was a surprise, to I say the least, is the third man on the so team, much. which is which is awesome. I'm just saying right now, if um, Dan Lambert or Tony Khan or everybody else in between, get this man some UWFI tapes. Have him study that for the next couple of weeks. Here. If you, we'll be good. I would assume he already has. I, f- I, I figure, like, he, he probably like has guy. to know something about it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he seems like a guy who would do the – and also, you know, I think he has – there's the resources around. Like like you said, I think there's resources around there, right, like, to get him ready. I'm sure Chris Jericho is going to have Junior prepared because Chris isn't going to step in the ring with a guy who isn't prepared. You know, so I'm sure yeah. that Jericho will take a big personal interest in that. You know, Junior Dos Santos, uh, a guy I trust with this. I, he looked good in, in the limited kind of work he had with this fight with Jericho there too. So I'm optimistic. And I would much rather have him doing this than fucking commentary with the Trumps again. So Ooh, Yeah, Jesus. I'm just very intrigued, to be honest with you, on a couple things. One, obviously, Maz Vidal's kind of serving as the heater for Dan Lambert there in the background as this whole match is happening, which gets me... Uh, Dave Ryan, yeah, Dave Ryan brought a good point during the course of our group chat throughout the night as well, in which... Maybe this could be leading to something between Masvidal and uh, one Chris Jericho somewhere down the line here pretty soon at a big pay-per-view event. Dana White's not letting Jorge wrestle. Let's just get that out of our heads right now. Dana White is not letting Jorge wrestle a match. No way. Nope. But but here's the thing. Does Jorge Masvidal give enough of a shit about Dana White's opinion? Jorge Masvidal is a bootlicker. A hundred percent. He gives a shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll do everything. Fair enough. Giant mega chud. He's an absolute bootlicker. 100% he'll do what he's told. After that, we get a video promo from the Acclaimed in which they challenge the Lucha Bros for the tag team titles, and that will be this Friday on Rampage. So that's already two hot matches for Rampage uh, this Friday. So, uh, Paul, sounds Should like you're going to have a good show. Are... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Should um, we know that they good. are the number one ranked uh, team as well, too, as a heads up on that. So for those keeping count of the rankings and stuff. So, yeah. Okay, we then come back and uh, Tony Schiavone is in the ring with Aubrey Edwards, not Tony Khan. Tony Khan, very pointedly, not coming on TV to make this announcement, uh, a a dual announcement that, first of all, January 5th, 2022 will be the second night of Wrestle Kingdom 16, but also the night that, (laughs) that they move to TBS from TNT because they had to accommodate for the NBA and, and the NHL now. Uh, with that in mind, however, they have unveiled a new belt, the TBS Championship. This is going to be the secondary women's title. Good. It's good. This is good. It is good. No, I agree. I totally agree. And it looks like a nice TV belt, championships too. are good. They, uh, they help. Uh, they're, they're a good thing to have, especially when you don't have a fighting champion. 
Uh, and Britt Baker does not need to wrestle for that belt often and should not wrestle for that belt often. So to have a fighting champion's belt as the secondary uh, will help. I assume that the TNT title will be on Rampage primarily and that this title will be on Dynamite primarily. So that also means more women's wrestling on Dynamite. Uh, that You would think that, yes. But we Ideally, it's a step it's towards that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we then get a backstage segment with uh, Jim Ross and Darby Allen, and uh, Jesus fuck, I, I this whole thing is cringe to me. I'm sorry. Well, look, the, the the interview part. Yeah, the interview part, the whole thing, you know, it, it, bringing up you know deaths in the family as a wrestling angle is is just total cringe for me. It's it's amazing how much different it is when you bring up wrestling death rest eh, when you bring up deaths in the family that are not wrestlers or not wrestling related and how much different that is like how much the MJF Hillman stuff landed more than this does uh, specifically just because Brian Pillman was a wrestler and we have that familiarity with him and how it's like the deaths in wrestling are so much less taboo in. I think in our minds as fans too. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, do, do we really need to be? I mean, obviously Darby is, is, is you know all in on this, but do we need this? No. Like this isn't the first time this kind of thing has happened, and we use those kind of things. But I feel like it's much less uncomfortable when you're it's when it's a wrestler we're talking about. When it's not, when it's just somebody's family. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Oh, this is. Weird. I mean, I don't know. I thought that. I mean, I remember the controversy about bringing up Reed Flair on WWE TV, and I thought that was just, ugh, Jesus. Well, WWE has never been able to do anything like this tastefully in any way, shape, or form. And we've talked about this before because the man at the head of WWE has an incredibly warped view of family and human relationships in general. Oh, well, so yes, that, that, that is well documented. Like, and that's why, I mean, we've talked about this in this podcast a bunch, like, AEW portrays much more normal and relatable relationships between people than WWE ever has with Vince at the helm because Vince doesn't have like a real fucking human understanding of these things because he's a weirdo. Yeah, uh, m- moving on to our third match of the evening. Uh, Darby said Darby Allen uh, squashing Nick Camarado. This is all just leading I don't up. Know. I mean, yeah, I was kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, it, this on is a, all just know, leading I, I gotta up. Say, on, a, on a day where I watched many Saints of Newark, it was uh, unfortunate to see another Italian get whacked. So, uh, are you going to review the many Saints of Newark real quick? It was quite good. If you've seen The Sopranos already, I would definitely recommend watching it. If you haven't seen The Sopranos already, what what are you doing? Turn this podcast off. Go watch The Sopranos. We'll, we'll talk later. See, I, I, I've seen that movie getting buried. They're wrong. The, those people are wrong. And it's probably non-Italians, is my guess. Burying. <laughs> and you know what? If you are if you don't have a relative that, that immigrated over from Italy like while you were alive, I really don't care what your opinion is on well, damn. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, I thought... I Chris, thought, speaking uh, as an immigrant, what do you say? <laughs> I mean, I have no horse in this particular race. I just know it It just feels like it's been a very good week for uh, Italian representation in the media over the last seven days between, obviously, uh, the movie in question, a certain character in NXT 2.0, and then, well, the Nick set of news is not the best but he was on tv at least so that's kind of a win so you know immaculate italian noises 
And, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff, go ahead. I was going to say, all this was just leading to, you know, a Scorpion death drop from Steve Stinger onto, uh, onto QT Marshall. So, you know. Yes. Oh, just before we move on, I will say to you, Chris, representation matters. And I say it's about time. Yeah. In all aspects. Not just the meme ones that we're talking about just now. No, specifically so, yeah. as it comes to Italian. So what I'm saying is more Italians in, on wrestling television. What? The, the full-blooded Italians wasn't enough? Well, also, by the way, a, a day, another reason Camarado should have won, uh, Bruno San Martino's birthday. Yeah, but he was from Pittsburgh, though. Yeah, but he's <laughs> not, not Philly. He's Italian-American. That is true. He was. And most importantly, he's not from Philadelphia. Yeah, he's not from Philadelphia. Main point. <laughs> yes, that's right. That, that that is the major red flag here is that he is not from Philadelphia. <laughs> he is Pittsburgh's. Well, being from Philadelphia and Pittsburgh are both major red flags. I got. I will hey, say. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> we then go backstage, and the 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 Dark Order are a uh, are a democracy now, and. Uh, all I can say is John Silver is actually John Gold because holy shit, the the one liners he pops up and once again Anna J, the only voice of reason in this entire motley crew of idiots. Yeah, Yo, and I'm just phone. sick of this shit, Jay. Are you? You're sick of it? No, Anna. No, no, is. I'm not sick of it. I'm oh, saying yeah. Anna. I'm too sick of this shit. Get it together, guys, Jay. Yes, and I'm, I'm hoping that leads somewhere because as Fun as these things are, if we just keep it up, that just becomes Dark Order's identity, and then they're they're dead in the water. If they're just like the goofy, plucky guys who are having fun out there, there's there's no chance. For well, I, I'm sure. Well, anyway, we'll we'll we'll, we'll discuss that uh, at the end of this program. Uh, we then go back into the ring with uh, Tony Schiavone and Dante Martin, where Dante Martin basically offers an open challenge to anyone in the back, and uh, oh shit, it's Malachi Black. With his black mist and and, and Ugentrust by Amen Ra, which is just a banger. We love that. Uh, that's actually going to be the new intro for Boom Goes Dynamite, but we're playing the entire ten minute version unabated. So <laughs> just every week you're going to have to sit through the entire ten minutes of Ugentrust, and that's just the way it's going to be. And if you guys don't like it, well, you know, maybe turn your lights off. When you turn them back on, there'll be a man in a deer skull mask to kick you in the face. You know, as much as, as much as I love in the face, yeah, too. Sorry. I, I say, yeah. as much as I'd love to, I don't think we're going to use Ogun's roast. <laughs> as oh, much as I'd love to. That's true. It we're going to use song. the line by No Effects because it's longer. Oh Jesus! <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll tell you what. Why don't we just play all of uh, Tales of, from Topographic Oceans by Yes? I think it's like you know four songs in an hour. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> no, we're just going to play a different uh, fish concert. Before every, all right, you're fine. Every episode, <laughs> <laughs> is it the audio from a fish concert? I guess it's too late for me to suggest the entirety of Octavarium by Dream Theater to open us up. That's no, all we're always minutes of it. We're always open for suggestions. Ah. Anyways, yeah, the tune whole in, point. Tune in next week when we room. play all of Tommy by the Who. <laughs> <laughs> yes, now we're talking. There we go. But yeah, it's. Very interesting, especially as we were considering the fact that, uh, you know, Anna Jay and Ty Conti have been, for the most part, doing their own thing ever since Anna came back into the fold as well. So a separation sometime down the line, if I had to put money on somebody from Dark Order going, okay, yeah, I'm kind of just 
second this. I'm gonna okay. go now. Anna kind of is on the top of my list. I gotta pour a little cold water on that, Chris, because Anna Jay and Ty Conte just last week on Rampage showed up in matching tag team gear. No, yeah, that's no, that's what I mean. Like they're doing their own thing, like as a duo, as well as like by themselves fighting other people. It's more so like not dealing with Dark Order stuff compared okay. to like, so, like everybody else. That, that's what I meant by that. Yeah. So distance from Dark Order specifically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know yeah, what? I mean, not going anywhere. They're great. They're they're great. AEW seems to be on this trend of like letting their stables kind of break up and breathe a little bit here and there, right? Like Sandy Guevara until you know, you know, he was very much kind of away from the inner circle. A lot of it's due to the product of Chris Jericho being on tour and not being at the show, so they've had to make that work. And they've kind of done that with the Pinnacle a little bit here too. Uh, you know, Matt Hardy's been off on his own without the HFO at his side for a lot of this stuff. Uh, so yeah, they've kind of been kind of on that, which is interesting. Uh, they built all these factions, but I feel like they kind of don't really know exactly where they're going to go with all of them. So they're kind of like uh, put it like dampening that down a little bit. The faction wars, sort of. Yeah, I mean, there's not outright faction wars going on right now, but I mean, like, I mean, units don't always have to be unified in their feuds either, you know? Yeah, yeah, this is very much like the, and you guys, you know, know New Japan much more than well than I do, but this is very much more in line with, like, that way of thinking, where, like, a lot of people are in stables, but they're not always doing stable stuff. True. So, on that note, Mm -hmm. on that note, we have Ricky Starks out with the original... FTW belt from from ECW, calling out Brian Cage, who does show up, but uh, he gets rescued by uh, by Hook Tazson and uh, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Uh, I guess there's going to be a Philadelphia street fight on Rampage between the two, and God, I hope they finally Ow. end this because Jesus. Just take a Brian Cage. Everyone's kind of just take a Brian Cage. Yeah, huh? we're. I, I, yeah, I am totally done with Brian Cage now. He's a very specific type of wrestler that you have like there's only so much you can do with a guy like brian cage especially because brian cage thinks he's better than he is and when you have a guy like that there's not a whole lot of room for growth anymore and i'm not talking about physical growth because when it comes to brian cage there's always room for that guy to get larger apparently uh but i'm talking about growth as a wrestler he doesn't seem to be willing to grow much more as a wrestler so i don't really know where else you go with a guy like him right well, ho- ho- hopefully this, like I said, hopefully this just ends that feud because I, I'm, I'm done with it. Uh, I think that's I'm bored. Probably, yeah, I do think that, I do think it's the finale to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, we then get a uh, a video montage from AEW wrestlers talking about the, uh, the the TBS title. Amazing how they they just announced this title and they had a pre taped vignette ready to go for it. Huh? Um, no, anyway. they were just standing right back there. They were standing back there right away. And they got instant reactions. That's how it happened, Jeff. Kind of like this podcast. Dream to imagine. We then go to our fourth match of the evening. Hikaru Shida versus uh, Serena Deeb. Battle of two former women's champions. And uh, we're on our way to the 50th win for Hikaru Shida. Oh, wait. No, we're not. So, uh, heel Deeb! Heel Deeb! You guys, heel Deeb. I mean, I thought not, she was not, not, here for a while at this point. Yeah, I thought she was too. Riho all back, so yeah, I thought she was too. But then again, this is yeah, she's been gone for a couple months due to injury, so I think this is kind of like oh yeah, right. That makes sense. This is the most they leaned to it. She did. I mean, it was. I like the way that they pulled it off because they 
started the match out with a little bit of respect, but, but then the turn really started with that like refusal to handshake and that slap Serena through. And that set the tone for a match, and then Serena's kind of aggression built up throughout it as she couldn't get over the hump and beat Sheeta. This was a really well booked and well, like a lot of good psychology in this one. It, it, it was a very good match. Uh, surprising result, but you know, th- 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 yeah, but you know, yeah, surprising. But I think just a lot of us just expected something when it probably could. The writing was on the wall there, and they were piping it up so much. It's like okay. Uh, you gotta throw some adversity in before we can get her to that fiftieth win. Also, you 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 know that AEW is missing a little bit of a marketing tie-in here. Which tie-in? Uh, for the forthcoming cinematic extravaganza, uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. Oh, we could have Serena Muad'Dib. Oh, Serena Muad'Dib, that's good. Very good. Yeah, I'll probably get. I'll probably get canceled. Give a little clap for Jeff. Give him a little clap. I'll, I'll probably get canceled for that one, honestly. Yep. Uh, we then go backstage uh, with uh, Darby Allen getting ambushed and murked by. Uh, what did you? How did you put this, Chris? Oh, the uh, ninjas who kidnapped Samoa Joe finally came back for another victim. <laughs> I cut a pop for that one. Anyway, I this segment, this segment guys. really, because I thought it was dumb. <laughs> I thought it was a really good beatdown. It was effective. They kicked the fuck out of this guy. They all had masks, even though you know who they were, which I think is a very fun bit. Uh, yeah, I, I like a, I like a good backstage beat. Now, this was a Philly-ass show. They were like, let's do some Philly stuff. Let's get it was a very Philadelphia door. show. Yeah, let's, let's let's go by a garage door. Let's there was even, somebody in the there, was even a hat, there was even a hat guy in the, in, in the front there row. There was a hat. You gotta, you gotta play True. the hits. There was. Play the hits. And I think they did that. And also, you know, Darby Allen, a guy who's really good at getting beat up and tossed about and looks fun to kind of when he gets thrown around and kind of uh, uh, ragdolled about, you're like, ah, look at that guy. He's, he's getting beat up, beat up, and it's fun. It served, so. it served this purpose for what they're, I guess, doing with that story next. And again, personal opinions and all, I won't go in any further into it, but seeing Darby Allen get beat up, I guess, is better than seeing Darby Allen succeed and stuff. So, yeah, that's my take on the matter. Um. On that note, we have Leo Rush, the, the no longer retired Leo Rush, calling out Dante Martin. So not a good night for Dante Martin when he's <laughs> murked by Malachi Black and called so, out so by Leo, Leo Rush. Rush. Can talk to the dead. Is that how that works? Like, he's is he Haley Joe Osment? Uh, how does – because Dante Martin's dead. I can tell you. Dante died, yeah. right? Malachi killed yeah. mm-hmm. Here's what I can say on two things with that. To go back to the earlier portion, I think Dante Martin will be the best person to take one of these kicks in a match for Malachi Black since probably Fuego Doso ate shit that one time in the ramp. Like, legitimately. Like, Dante will probably do some crazy springboard into that and they'll just, like, get the timing right on it. And that man is just going to die, unfortunately. And as for Leo Rush. I kind of love this take on what he's looking to do because he very much gives off like this sort of like scummy influencer that is kind of like shilling you, uh, you know, this revolutionary cryptocurrency that he's stumbled into that his friend in the backyard, like got it all coded and, you know, you're, you know, you get into the uh, ground floor with it, going to make a lot of money, everything else. And then he just, pumps and dumps the first chance he gets and leaves you with absolutely nothing. It's perfect. Yeah, I fully expect Leo Rush to try to sell another wrestler an NFT at some point. 
Oh yeah, one hundred. Oh god, easily. Oh god. Yeah. Leo Rush NFT drops. Leo Rush is gonna like try to start his stable and like invite them all to live in a streamer house. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, look. Given the takes that we usually have on these manager type figures and stuff like that, like somebody doing modern, like influencer esque type stuff, I think there is a market for that for sure that can be explored. And I think Leo does have the right tools to do that with his skill set with his age as well being in a generation that is used to all of that as well and kind of going after not so much doing this kind of stuff that matt hardy has done with uh hfo and just recruiting whoever he can to get a cut of their percentage but uh leo specifically targeting some of the younger guys in the company and trying to build sort of his own little like mini empire if you will out of that and just trying to like pretty much uh, you know, con them out of our money. I can't it wait for like Leo Rush to like just like start going around to like uh, to like Jungle Boy and MJF and Brian Pillman and like trying to get him to join his Discord. Oh yeah, easily. <laughs> I mean, the, I mean, I mean, popping in the Discord channel. I mean, he yeah. is a. I mean, he is a, a a Wiley Ring veteran now. He's already retired what five times now. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. What if What if uh, Leo Rush leans into this uh, this NFT scam that just happened? Is like, oh, I just got two point seven million dollars. Don't ask me where. Yep. Hey, uh, so don't worry about it. So you mentioned this living in a streamer house type thing. And like, it, it, this just reminds me. So I, I saw some new movies hit my, uh, my, my fire stick. And one of them was a horror movie taking place in like a big brother type oh, setting. Cool. And I'm like, did we forget about dead set? Or, I did. Okay, the movie was called Funhouse. Uh, actually, I just saw the, mo- the name of it, Funhouse. It looks good, but I mean, it's like, did we forget about Dead Set? Was a horror movie about a zombie breakout happening during actual Big Brother? Like the actual cast of in houses wow. of the British Big That's... Brother were part of this, and it was written by uh, Charlton Brooker, the guy who would go on to create uh, Black Mirror. Well, like I, you know, we're wrestling fans here. This is a wrestling podcast, so. We shouldn't be surprised when something is incredibly derivative, should we? Or, 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 no, or five, or five we, years we out of date, yes. One of the most derivative art forms in history. <laughs> that much is true. Uh, we come back from commercial, and uh, I missed part of this because I had to take my dogs out, but I saw it was uh, Britt Baker. Oh, I'm sorry, wait. <clears throat> Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. DMD. Ah, shit. Hey, DMD, still... Chris. And um, we almost signed it next time. Next damn, time, damn. one day, one day. Um, I missed part of it, but obviously she was burying the whole idea of the TBS championship. No, no, I, she did what I think AEW stars are very competent at doing, and it's hyping these things up, not burying them while still considering themselves, you know, above it. And the the message was finally it's about time there's another belt here so all you people in the locker room can argue amongst yourselves while i remain at the top right well which is a burial but yes <laughs> i mean i i it was the barrel it was kind of like you you fight for that title and you can have all the prestige you want just understand i'm better than you right and then we get our uh our final match of the evening the casino ladder match uh john moxley versus the bastard Billy Big Fish Bollocks Pack versus Andrade El Idolo versus Matt Hardy. Uh, Chris, I'm going to let you take the uh, the Dave Ryan wheels here. Fuck off, Matt. Versus Orange Cassidy versus Lance Archer with 
with Jake the Snake back, so now that Suzuki's gone, Jake the Snake can come back now, I guess. <laughs> and our Joker won. Well, well, wait, 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 no, 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 let's, let's say We'll that. build it to us. We'll build it to it. Let's not just, you know. You all let's build not. to Let's it. just talk about it. Let's talk about the match first. So It was uh, complete mayhem. Match, this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, well, they have some structure. We do live in a society. The Joker's here, so we have to live in a society. Uh, uh, Jeff, there are rules. Uh, so a little bit different than your average ladder match. Uh, two start, and then every two minutes another entry comes in until we got to the Joker. Yes, a chaotic match throughout. Uh, the the two minutes staggering was really helpful to let guys kind of individually get their shit in before things got a little too log jammed and chaotic at the end. Yeah, so that was really helpful. Kind of let everyone come in and get their hot shots. Lance Archer's unfortunately came during the commercial break. Right. I had the fight TV feed, so I didn't miss a beat on it. And yes, he beat the crap out of everybody involved, and it was pretty fun. For One thing that though, I would say about uh, and, you know the the picture in picture has been a point of contention on Boom Goes the Dynamite for quite some time. Yes. Since this is a retrospective, we'll talk about something that's been a bit of a thorn in our side. Have you noticed, Jeff, and have you noticed, Chris, that re- recently they've done a better job at showing replays of big moments that happened during Picture in Picture? Yes. Because I have noticed this. I, I, it's good. Yes, I, I, I have noticed that. But, yeah, I think that it, it was during the, the Mox versus Suzuki match that I, I finally lost it with, with Picture in Picture. <laughs> Look, man, I guess it's better than having nothing, but, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it, it really is. So, uh, the big moment. Yeah, we got our Joker, and it was one that I think this was like a, a name that a lot of people expected, but I still didn't think it was time for yet. Uh, but, y'all, it was time for some cowboy shit. It was, and here we are. We have Mr. Adam Page finally showing Who's up to PTO, work. Yeah, <laughs> and because, I mean, his PTO did run out, you know. Uh, you know, paternal or maternal leave in this country is an absolute joke, and Adam Page made... A very fine point of that in a certain post-show interview that I've seen make the rounds over on Twitterland at this point. So, you know, PTO ran out, got to go back to work, <laughs> and he did his thing. I mean, it's season two of Cowboy Shit, so we're ready. Cowboy this, Shit this 2.0. Is we go. Yep. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Cowboy sh- like Adam Page hangs out with 2.0. That's what I need. Give me that. <laughs> Give me that. I do, taste, I do need that. I do taste. need that to be a bit. I do need that to be a bit. Absolutely. Oh man. Uh, uh, our uh, our buddies, my colleagues at Wrestling Brain, have made one of our subscriber emotes. Uh, Matt Lee. Uh, it's just his face. It's really good. Damn. Uh, Adam Page does get the poker chip. He is now the next contender for. Kenny Omega's AEW World Championship. How do we feel about this? Before we pass by there, I, mean, I just want to go back to something early in the match. There was probably more psychology in the two minutes between Pac and Orange Cassidy at the beginning of this match than there was in the rest of the night combined. Those guys you might be are right. so creative, mm-hmm. so cerebral, and, and just like so meticulous in how they put like plan out what those two do and like how they contrast their styles. It's really, really awesome. It's one of my favorite pairings in all of pro wrestling, watching Pac and Orange Cassidy wrestle. Yeah, and the thing about it, too, is that with Orange Cassidy is like what outside of, you know, the semant- the semantics with the hands and pockets and everything else, his wrestling style is very much similar to what Pac does. So it just, it flows 
together so well between them and just has a has a nose and like a timing for comedy more than you'd expect oh yeah one very much not a comedian wrestler but he has such incredible timing that he can hit these spots like i what really stood out to me when when orange did his uh like lazy roll in the middle of the ring during the running the rope spot and pack stopped and just walked over him beautiful yeah that that was good that was very good but yeah a lot of this i mean the Despite the 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 outbreak of psychology between Pack and Orange Cassidy, this was just absolute mayhem, and um, oh, yeah. Adam Page does get the win. I mean, th- I thought that they were going to do maybe a slower build because right now Omega is so concentrated on Brian Danielson right now, the yeah. way that this was going. I agree, and like this. So one of the things I think people were worried about with Adam Page coming back too soon is what I think we now officially have, and that's a log jam at the top of the card. Yeah, kind of. I'll say, though, on this, though, because I do think that they have made a very good point, specifically over the last couple of weeks, where Brian Danielson, at the moment, even though he is beefing with the elite at the moment, and Kenny Omega is in his crosshairs, he has specified that that rivalry at the moment, it's not for the belt. Not yet, anyway. He just wants what he thinks is the top competition in the entire company, which is the company's world champion, which I do get. So I do think that there is something there for down the line, even without the title being involved. But I do think that the story with Hangman Adam Page at this point, if you're going to do it, you're going to have to do it sooner or later. And I think at this point, even with the possible risk of the log gym, you just sort of try to figure things out accordingly from there and try to get this done so that way you're not wasting the possibility of, you know, things cooling off, which I don't think it's going to be the case for Paige because, as mentioned, like, we weren't 100% sure if he was coming back tonight or not, and when he did, well, we all heard the crowd on that one. I I know you mentioned, Paul, with Dan Dan Lambert's whole thing earlier having the loudest reaction. I would argue that was Adam Page's honors with... Lambert kind of getting the silver medal after that one. So. They were, I mean, yeah, they're both pretty damn close. 1A and 1B, however you slice it. Uh, yeah, that's all true. But I think with Adam Page's storyline specifically, you have the benefit of, like, really being able to tell this story over an extended period of time. And, like, the fans want it, but we weren't clamoring for it. Mm-hmm. And I think we had all been ready to accept this whole thing being on the back burner for, like, an extended period of time. Like, you have a lot of time to full unfold this Brian Danielson stuff. And now with Brian taking Kenny to a time limit draw, where else do you go if you're Brian Danielson, right? Now, if you come here to face the best and your first test is the champion and you take him to his limit, what else do you want to do besides go back and get this guy and get that winger? Yeah, limit? that's fair so enough. That's why, uh, so, and what I'm worried about is like, the, my biggest fear, to be honest with you, is the triple threat match. That's my biggest fear. Ooh, as much no, as I don't do that. Matches, no. This no, specifically, no. and as much as that match itself, like, in a vacuum, you hear, oh, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, Adam Page, and a triple threat. If you hear that by itself, you go, oh, fuck, yeah, that sounds awesome. But it doesn't give you a whole lot of room to work from there after. <laughs> and, like, what's, and something CM Punk said a lot, you know, in, in, his, in the podcast with Cole Cabana when he left WWE, what his biggest concern was and, and what his biggest gripe was with them when he left was, they never knew where we go the next night. Where do we go from here? AEW seems to be better at that, and I just hope it keeps up. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's the especially with this particular portion and the amount of time that's been invested in Paige. Yeah, I do hope that specifically like you as have mentioned, so much more time. Like they could second season. Like to me, you could have pulled this out until next year and like you could have stretched the shit till revolution. It seems like full gear is probably where we're going for this Pangman title match, which mm-hmm. does make sense, but I still worry that we could have taken longer, man. Like there's more time mm-hmm. for this. I do think specifically why they're probably doing it as full gear is because if you're looking at the scheduling for AEW as well, their next couple of shows after that uh, full gear show in Minnesota is their uh, Virginia debut. And mm-hmm. one Adam Page is from that area. So, you know, that's a really good hot, pull, baby, hot, hot, hot baby face as the new champion of the company coming back into his hometown. I mean, that's. That's big money waiting to be made right there, in my opinion. So but, I agree. But also, I still think wrestling is still has a lot of PTSD from, uh, you know, WCW 1997, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, so. that's still there. That's still something we talk about to this day. So that tells you, like, the PTSD levels. So, <laughs> And with that, we close out the second anniversary episode of AEW Dynamite. Chris, thank you so much for coming back to the show for, for this special celebration. And Bobby, I also want to extend thank yous to the likes of Lawrence O'Brien, uh, Tom Batista, the Cubs fan. And I'm sure I'm forgetting at least one more person. I can't for the life of me think who that might've been, but I feel like there was somebody else who guessed it on this show at one point, And I can't remember who that might've been. Well, and also shout out to occasional guest Harry Mack. Whenever oh, we Harry Mack. Today, yes, so. Harry yes. Mack. I forgot about him. Yep, I, I did forget about him. But I, I thought there was somebody and else. else you, and, and also thank you to anyone who follows us on Twitter, uh, anyone who interacts with us there, uh, anyone who on Twitch or anywhere else who you know told me if you listen to the show or anyone that's listening now, thank you. Holy shit. If you've been listening for two years, wow, thank you. Uh, like, the, you know, this is something that, you know, Jeff and, and Chris did for fun. Jeff invited me uh, on to, this was out of nowhere, I told a bunch of people that I would never do a wrestling podcast, and uh, Jeff very much changed my mind because it was so much fun to do with him, and I still love doing it. So uh, this is awesome, man. I love doing this every week, and, and, and I can't wait for to see what the next couple of years And, of course, thanks to uh, Kelly Nelson and Travis Woloshin, the uh, the head honchos of the PWOM Podcast Network. Uh, for Yeah, thank you for giving us a home. Yeah, th- yeah thanks they, for letting us They agreed with this whole mess, so, you know. Thanks for sticking with us, even after the mess we've all made in some way, shape, or form. And I plan to make a much bigger mess, so thank you. Perfect. There you go. (laughs) Thank thank you, and apologies in advance. Paul, go ahead. They've committed to it. They've got to follow it. Paul, go ahead and plug yourself. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoolStepUncle, and of course, at twitch.tv slash wrestlingbrain, where you can find me and Nick East every Friday night, right after AEW Rampage goes off the air, talking Rampage, talking Roads to the Top, talking, you know, a lot of other stuff. Uh, we have a really great time. It's a super fun show, so come on, see me over there. Chris. All right, for me, you can find me at on, uh, excuse me, on Twitter, at Brazilian Fury. You can also find the other podcast that I do, which is Soundtracks on the Sticks. Uh, over on Twitter, that's at Sounds on Sticks. The podcast itself can be found on where you can find basically all good podcasts under the Night of the Living Geeks umbrella. Uh, and obviously, I go strong style story with Jeffrey Wessel over here every so often. Uh, we have apparently a whole big tournament thing to cover at some point 
or another that I really got to catch up on at some point over the next week. Yeah, well, two. you know what? There is a helpful website that will help you get caught up on, on such things, Chris. Indeed. There is, in fact, a blog that talks all about that because Jeff is a saint and I am too lazy when it comes to working Tumblr. That's at strongstylestory.tumblr.com. Uh, Go to can... that for daily news. Uh, you can find me at Strong Style Story without the E in style on Twitter, my personal Twitter, at GD Wessel. The only thing I'm going to plug is, once again, thank you to FanFight uh, and Colette Arend over at FanBite.com, uh, letting me write some words uh, about uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Homicide from uh, last September. So, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah, that, that, that match was wonderful, and I wrote all about it, and I gushed about it. So, uh, Okay, Chris, Paul, any last words? I'm going to defer to Chris for the last words. Uh, thank you for two whole years of listening to this podcast, whether you're a first-time listener or someone who's been with us from the very beginning. We really do appreciate it, and we look forward to seeing you next weekend around for episode, I guess, it would be 95 in this case since we're not numbering this one. Right? You can decide whatever number you want. Basically, every episode is episode 420. Blaze it. Oh, shit. <laughs> we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks. <laughs>